everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coalition Am Radio. This is your host, Carson Lopez. So, uh, I'm going to try something a little bougie right now. I'm going to try to start each of my shows off with a quote. Uh, if anyone has any suggestions, I'm definitely open to those. And so, I have someone here with me who appreciates comedy, luckily, just as much as I do. So, the quote that I'm going to start off with is a quote from the show The Office. Anybody watch that? It's great. Uh, so this is a Michael Scott quote. Uh, I'm so glad that, Megan, you watched the show, and, and she asked me uh, which quote it's going to be, and I said, it's a surprise! So <coughs> I hope everybody enjoys. Here it goes. Bros before hoes. Why? Because your bros are always there for you. They have got your back after your hoe rips your heart out for no good reason, and you were nothing but great to your hoe. And you told her that she was the only hoe for you, and that she was better than all the other hoes in the world, and then suddenly she's not your hoe no mo. Oh my god, Carson. (laughs) (laughs) What a perfect segue. Thank you for laughing, Megan. (laughs) I appreciate that. So... Uh, I want to give a little time to talk about what's going on tonight because tonight is a very special night. I have my first guest with me, Megan Rust. We've known each other since last year, Mm -hmm. probably. We're the same age, right? We're in the same... You're a sophomore, I'm a sophomore. Yep. Uh, We've had probably one or two classes together. I only remember one. I think it's only one. Consciously. We just, like, see each other around. Well, okay, then. that that (laughs) Uh, And so we're not... I wouldn't say we're, like close however you were at the top of my list for students that i wanted to uh invite on the show and and hear talk about things <laughs> and so I'm, I'm very glad that that megan said yes it is quite an honor to have such a powerful speaker and, and thinker on my show so i uh thank you megan uh already blushing for <laughs> hear me blushing i feel like the radio can hear me blushing it <laughs> definitely can uh i for sure heard it so, uh, thank you for throwing me a bone on this one, Megan. Uh, how are you? Let us know a little bit about you. I'm really good. Uh, so, I am a sophomore. I'm a leadership studies major, um, and I'm hoping to be a missionary when I grow up, although I'm not entirely sure I'll ever really grow up. It's <coughs> kind of like a Peter Pan thing. Um, well, join <laughs> so, join after, after graduation, I am going to go to seminary, hopefully in Washington, D.C., if everything works oh, out wow. well. Washington. And then go into the mission field and uh, not make nearly enough money to pay off my mountains of student loans. (laughs) Well, that sounds very familiar. I'm so excited. To me personally, yes, you should, as well you should be. DC, wow. Good God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish you luck with all of that. That I appreciate that. You are quite ambitious. I I appreciate that personally, that you are so ambitious. Uh, So, you and I met for like 45 minutes in the union to just go over it. And we kind of hashed through so many different things in those 45 minutes. Um, and they were all great. And you mentioned so many great things that, that I have so many questions <laughs> about. But the first question that I'd like to start off with is that one of the things you brought up was your view that when someone is digging to find a religion that they should find the religion that fits them. And, you know, this ideology that seems to match their ideology. 
and usually it's when I hear people talking about religion it's the other way around they'd rather that's why it's kind of interesting to hear from me because people usually say you're s you are supposed to fit the religion you are supposed to conform to the ideology of the religion and you're supposed to be changing your own thoughts and your own views according to what it, it says and what it talks about and uh so I, I kind of want you to elaborate on that and tell me why you think that it's actually the other way around, that the person who's looking for it should find something according to who they are instead of according to, you know, what the truth may be or, or something that makes them a little uncomfortable. Why, why do you think that? So um, I can only really speak to the Christian faith because I've, while I've done research on other faiths, I am not uh, as as into those as I am Christianity, but I found that there are so many different denominations that they all believe in the same basic truth that God sent his son to come and die for us on the cross and that so that we can have eternal life. But I found that church, when people describe church, they should describe it as their home. Mm -hmm. It should be a church family and things like that. And I found that um, as I've done more research, um, I'm a Methodist and I was before that, I was a Nazarene, and then before that, I was a Baptist. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, my family, we moved around with the military, so it was kind of whatever church we found that we liked. Uh -huh. But I was confirmed in the Methodist church, and I got to learn a lot about, like, what the Methodists believe. And I realized that the, there were a lot of things that I really appreciated. Um, uh, when you go to a Catholic service, when they take communion, if you're not Catholic, you're not allowed to take communion. Okay. Um, and so that always made me feel kind of gross. And there's, Gross. there's nothing wrong with it. It just, it always kind of felt wrong to me that like only people who are Catholic could take communion mm -hmm. and it's, they have, a, they have a lot of rules. So I, and I don't know all of them. So, and it was when I was little, so I had right. nothing wrong me with Catholics, either. but yeah, that's I don't, just. I grew up in a Catholic church and I don't know all the rules. So, <laughs> yeah. And, um, when I went to a Methodist church, it's an open table, um, which is really nice. You don't have to be a member of the Methodist church. You don't have to be a member of any church. You don't actually even have to be religious, um. And it's, the idea is that you're opening up, it, God is available to everybody. Uh -huh. And being able to take the communion is available to everybody because Jesus died for everybody, uh -huh. um, which is something that I really appreciate. Okay. Um, and there's, uh, like the Methodist church is focused on mission. Uh, it's a lot of outreach. And that's something that I really connect with. Um, and looking at other churches, um, I believe, I feel like baptizing infants and then having confirmation is kind of the more, it's what I kind of agree with more just because it's the church promising to kind of raise a child with them and love them when they're a baby and then the student choosing to get confirmed because they believe in their beliefs and they want to know more or because their parents pressure them. I know it happens. <laughs> We've all been there. Yes, yes. And so... There are some churches that don't believe that. There's some that do. And I don't think that going to a church that believes that, um, I don't know, predestination is a big one that kind of is kind of uh, polarizing because some people believe that when you're born, you're either going to heaven or not. doesn't matter what you do in your life. And then some people do not. I personally do not. I feel like if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then there's, I don't understand why there's a list or I feel like everybody should be on the list if there is a list. Mm -hmm. So... Like, I wouldn't be a Presbyterian because they believe that, and I don't believe that. And I think that going to a church where you don't believe what they believe is, I think it's kind of damaging to your faith, honestly. 
And there is a right answer. Um, but the thing is that we believe in something that we cannot feel physically or see physically. So I can't, I can't say that what the Methodists believe is right or what the Catholics believe is right because I don't know because I haven't talked to God specifically <laughs> and asked him about it. Mm-hmm. Like we can make our best guesses with the Bible, but words can be taken differently. Sometimes when people spoke back when they were actually, you know, being the Bible instead of just a story, they might have meant something different. Language has a lot to do with it, historical context, things that, I mean, we just can't get all of it to understand exactly what the Bible is saying. Right. So, like, those differences, I think, I think they're fine. I don't think that if God could talk to us, I don't know if he would be mad about it. Right. So, uh, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I've been, I know, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've been kind of rude. I've been looking back to make sure that we're recording because for some reason I'm just so nervous <laughs> that we're not. But we are. Um, so, you don't think that people should well okay let me say this so you've never had to conform to a certain view about that's within the Methodist Christian church that you were not necessarily comfortable with no never never okay and you think that that should be everybody's deal that they should be able to have a a natural kind of flow with it and that it just makes sense to them because of who they are so what if people change um well i was a nazarene and a baptist and then a methodist right so i think that if it's if the church is not serving the soul your soul the way that you need it to be served i think that there is it's gonna kind of be awkward like leaving Mm -hmm. especially if you're like really involved in church like Mm -hmm. leaving your church family but i think finding finding the way that you connect with god the best is what's important because it's kind of the whole thing with Christianity (laughs) right it's like the the big deal Mm -hmm. so if if there is something that you feel like okay so I didn't really believe in this but then I talked to somebody like I don't know I had a friend that was Catholic uh she still is Catholic she's not my friend anymore though um (laughs) well it's okay it was high school (laughs) (laughs) um and she uh talked to me about (laughs) she talked to me about why uh Catholics uh pray to the saints and she told me that they pray to the saints because they have god's ear so you talk to the saint the saint talks to god and that's kind of what's going on Mm -hmm. and so if i had been like oh my gosh that makes total sense like i completely like that i love that things like that and i started agreeing with a lot more of the tenets of the catholic church then i would hope that i would switch to the catholic church so that i could be serving god in the way that i thought i should be okay okay thank you yeah I think I'm pretty sure. I mean, it makes sense to me. It's it was just so odd hearing it from somebody who is actually Christian because usually the big deal is uh that you submit, I guess, to and and the idea is I think that it's you're not submitting to the the people who are making these rules. You're submitting to the God who believes that these rules are necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think it was really cool uh to hear you say that you know, it's it's not it doesn't have to be like that. Um, it's a really interesting point of view. So, I have I do have some burning questions actually. Uh, <laughs> Go for from it. From the so we talked about so many things. We talked about research. We talked about some about politics. <laughs> we talked a little bit. We got into feminism a little bit. Because uh, would it really be a conversation with me if we didn't talk about feminism? Exactly. You know what? <laughs> 
I could say I could say the same about myself, but I think that my friend Jaren would be rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> um, so I want to start with something that I think is super important uh, to everybody right now, especially. All of these I think are really important, but the one that I think is maybe the hardest question to answer um, is what does it mean you you talked about how important it is to do your research and that you are somebody who research research researches and that's a big deal yep and that's how you stay informed that's how you make informed decisions voting things like that so what exactly does it mean to do your research like how do we do it right how does somebody like me who i don't i'm awful at research, you know, I, I I get so done so quickly, and I don't know, where, or I don't know where to go, and I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I get frustrated, so I'm like, all right, well, I guess it's not that big of a deal, or I just trust, you know, fallacious journals, newspapers, things like that. Uh, so what, what do you think is the key to doing research correctly? I think that it needs to be, um, the things that happen that you're forming an opinion on need to be like sources that I say sources that you can trust but normally I form my opinions on what somebody believes and things like that through video what they actually say mm -hmm. um, through uh, like government documents um, so if there's a like a research study that is at a .gov website then I'm pretty sure I can trust it I mean mm -hmm. if I can't trust that then there's no hope um, <laughs> and I like factcheck.org uh, because Fact they they go through um, it was especially like during during the debates where there was a lot of things that were said that was like, is that true? Is that not true? And uh -huh. a lot of people did fact checks, which was, I think is really great. Um, sure. And so they like, they'll go back and they'll be like, okay, so uh, Donald Trump said that Hillary said this. Hillary never said this. This is what she actually said. And this is probably where he got that from. Mm -hmm. um, or somebody throws out a number and they're like, well, okay, this is where, this is the number that we have from a government document. And it might be true and it might not be well, it might match what they said or it might not match what they said. So um, just, like, numbers and videos don't lie, um, which is where I, I try my best to, to kind of get into the scientific mindset of, like, I just need hard, hard evidence. And I'm doing my best. It is difficult to not get heated when I see a ridiculous headline, um, but then I see it's from, like, Huffington Post. <laughs> um, so I try to... My go-tos are looking at what's on Fox News and then looking at what's on CNN and then usually it's NPR or BBC. Um, mm -hmm. I love NPR. I've grown up listening to NPR. I, it's, it's, in my, it's in my blood. I love it so much. So I like to listen to how they report things as well, but it is um, publicly funded and so and it's the government is giving them money so they kind of I found that their reporting is a little less biased. Um, I know that some people who listen to it have been concerned that they've been a little bit um, left-leaning recently, which is kind of disappointing, and I'm not sure. I don't listen to their newscasts as much anymore. I, I read their articles, but I don't really listen to their newscasts, so I don't know if it's just that somebody might be thinking, well, they're reporting a lot of really bad things, but, I mean, bad things are happening, so right, there's, right. there's a possibility yeah. that it just might seem that way. I'm not entirely sure. So, yeah, I... And I just, I take a lot of deep breaths, <laughs> a lot of deep breaths. That's I'm just healthy, like, I'm sure. I'm just sure a gotta, lot of us could use that. Yeah. 
So you said that videos don't lie. And I'd, I'd like to s challenge that a little bit because depending on what you're watching, right? you know, sometimes that stuff does get messed with. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there is an agenda behind that, whether it's conservative or liberal news. You know, people want to see what they want to see. I think more with videos, um, what I'm talking about is, like, when they do the press conferences, that okay. they just, like, you know, they put them out on WhiteHouse.gov, and it's, like, the whole thing, and, like, things like that, um, and the question and answer sessions that are put out, that it's the whole thing, it's not edited, mm -hmm. um, so that it's it's kind of straight, as as close to actually being there as you can be, because, yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of things that people, even if they don't know they have biases, uh, we we're talking gl global leadership about implicit and explicit bias. Somebody might have an implicit bias that they don't know about. True. And so editing something, they, they're not thinking like, oh, I don't like this person, so I'm going to make them look bad. But like <laughs> right. their subconscious is like, nee, 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 nee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, just, I don't know what it is about research maybe it's that sometimes you really don't know which ones you can trust did you say that you listen sometimes to both cnn and fox news mm -hmm. i like to see i get really frustrated when i listen to fox news i'm, I'm sure it's I, as a fellow non-conservative oh okay as a liberal as a fellow liberal yeah. i don't understand fox news and so i don't know if i could get anything from that that's true. Um, so one thing that I do like about it, though, is that they do articles that is just like articles on their news website, which is good because sometimes I just can't handle listening to people talk and knowing that it's just really frustrating mm -hmm. when I know that there are facts that they're just completely ignoring because it doesn't fit with their story. Um, but reading their news articles, I found that if, if Fox News and CNN agree on a fact, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably true. Because Has that happened? I, sometimes, yeah, because really? they talk about like... Um, I'm trying to think. Some of the things, numbers and statistics, usually, if they match up, I'm like, okay, this is probably what's going on. They're not trying to make Trump seem better or make Trump seem worse than he actually is. Um, talking about some of the uh, executive actions, I mean, there's uh, a certain point, I don't remember exactly what uh, was done, but even Fox News was like, what you doing, boy? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you up to? Yeah. And I was like, ah, yes, yes, we're here. We're yeah. all here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's it's hard sometimes, and sometimes I don't do my research and I just say things. Um, but I found that I end up hanging out with really really intelligent people who all do their research, so I can't just spew opinions. Yes. Let's talk <laughs> about that because you brought up. So you're part of the honor society. Is yes. What you said right. Okay. And so you said during our little talk that you know you'll talk to somebody, uh, a girl who's like, oh, I really I would really like Marco Rubio for these things. So what do those conversations look like? So usually we uh, start out frustrated about something that's <laughs> happened in politics recently. Uh -huh. um, we're all uh, we're all pretty liberal, honestly. Right. Um, some of my friends, I do have conservative friends, and I really like talking to them because mm -hmm. I'm like, so what what makes you believe this? Because I don't understand that completely because I don't believe it. But mm -hmm. then they talk about it. And I'm like, oh, I can see why you would see that and why I still don't believe that <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I mean, like hearing why well, other I people still believe, don't believe that. yeah, why other people believe what they believe is important too. Right? No, that's yeah, good. that's um, crucial. I think so. Yeah. So we get mad at about something, and usually uh, my friend Katie is a poli sci major, and she knows everything. 
like i'm not even saying she's a know-it-all she just like really she knows just knows everything because she studies like she studies up on these things she yeah. like she checks up on uh campaigns like she helped run mm. a campaign so she's telling us like why you should vote for this person and she's like i just really like him he's great and he has all these things and i was like mm -hmm. i'm so happy that you're happy about this mm -hmm. but i don't understand but i don't yeah um so not she, getting on the board yeah so she's usually good about um so she can kind of explain concepts that we don't understand so like why would the government have this process and she's like oh yeah because this and this and i'm like oh, okay that makes a lot of sense and then um mm -hmm. some of my other friends we read different news sources which is nice um so we discuss in that way and we all have different perspectives on why we have an opinion on something which i really like uh some people are really more concerned about the fact that they're a student and what how students are affected some people are very concerned about how their family is going to be affected especially since we live in Hayes and it's kind of, you know, rural farms, it's, mm -hmm. it's a big, it's a big issue. Right. Um, I always, I usually come from the stance of, I want human rights and I want mental health rights okay. um, are two things that when they're doing, when it's social issues, that's usually what like my opinion is like human rights and then mental health. Um, so, and not a lot of other people come from that perspective. So hearing, even looking at an issue, even if we disagree with what's going on, all of us are like, this is bad. But seeing it from those different perspectives and viewpoints, and then sometimes if somebody, uh, we have some people in, in the Honors College that are, they're very religious, mm -hmm. um, so they have a few different views on a few things, um, but, and then hearing, like, how they, how they feel about it through the lens of their religion right. and things like that is really, it's really enriching, and then when I go to talk to somebody else, then I can say, well, I was talking to somebody else who was looking at it saying, from a farmer's point of view, and if I'm talking to somebody who works in agriculture they're like okay so you kind of get where I'm coming from so we can kind of start on even ground which is really cool and we we talk about things that are difficult to talk about but it's so respectful mm -hmm. and um like we're actually getting things out of it that it's just it's so refreshing wow because I don't really get conversations like that as often as I want to mm -hmm. why don't you think you get those as often as you'd like to um people don't like to do any research um, cause yes. I know it's hard to do research and things like that, but when people start out at zero, um, and not trying to look into anything at all, um, when I'm trying to talk to them, they're going completely off of their feelings, which means that they're going to get mad at me. Uh, they're probably going to raise their voice. I'm going to get frustrated mm -hmm. and nothing's going to happen because the point of a good conversation I found, especially when you're talking about politics is coming to a common ground and saying, I know that you believe something differently than me, and I want to understand from your point of view, instead of trying to change their mind, because you're probably right. not going to change their mind. I know that I'm not going to, I'm not going to change my dad's mind about who he, who he supports, and that's fine. Um, but I just need to know that when we're going into conversations, he's not, he's also knows that I'm probably not going to change my mind. And so just trying to reach deeper understanding, and that's not something a lot of people do. They like to bring their emotions into it. They like to say, like, oh, well, this is how I feel, so this is how it is. And I'm like, I, uh, mm, buddy, <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to uh, support your claims. <laughs> Did you find yourself in a, in a lot of those types of conversations during the elections? Yes. Really? Yeah. It's uh, with, with whom did you find yourself in that sort of thing with other liberals or other leftist progressives or um, not necessarily as much. I think it was a lot of um, people who were um, I would say more conservative, not even just like mm -hmm. Republican, because I don't think that that's necessarily 
like uh, a blanket statement doesn't really work in this way. Um, but very conservative people were getting very mad because I think a lot of the things that I said, they felt like I was directly attacking Donald Trump. Right. And I detest him. Like as a human being, <laughs> all the cho- almost all the choices he's made, like there's, I he makes me sick. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's my opinion. So w- nobody can say my opinion's wrong because it's not a fact. Um, I mean, they <laughs> right. can try to tell me, but it, they can't. They can argue with you, but yeah, they, yeah, they can't tell you that that's not how you feel. Yeah, exactly. So um, I found that a lot of people, if I was talking about things that he had said um, and kind of um, making fun of the way he says he presents his ideas um, when he's not scripted. Um, they would be like, you're, you're attacking him, you hate him, and all these things. And I'm like, well, I don't like him, but there's reasons behind it. Not, I'm just saying that the way he answered a question about Abraham Lincoln was ridiculous. <laughs> right. <laughs> not that he's a terrible cad. Right. Just that that was funny. Yeah. You can make fun of people. People will make fun of Hillary Clinton all the time. I, I've made fun of Hillary Clinton a few times. She's hilarious. She is. To watch. Yes. <laughs> she tries uh, to relate. <laughs> which, yes, which brings me to the reason I asked you if you find yourself in this in those hard conversations with other people who would normally be on your side of things is because I found myself more frustrated with this whole Bernie versus Hillary thing than I was more frustrated with the Hillary versus Trump. Mm-hmm. And that is because I've been with Hillary since before she ran for president. And I've been wa- I'd, I'd been watching her for a while. And I'd been seeing what she was up to, what she was going to do. Mm-hmm. And so I never understood why she was so rege- so vehemently rejected by those who think this not the same but those who have similar right social and economic opinions that I do and then Bernie came in and I was like who's this guy and he was adorable cuz I love the way he talks yes it's hard to not it's hard to not listen to him when he's speaking because he's very he's a good speaker he is. He's a good politician. It's like the grandpa I've always wanted. Right. I also have an excellent <laughs> grandpa, so. Right. Well, it's like I, I, want I have another excellent one. grandfathers, too. <laughs> they hate Bernie Sanders. But I love both of them, so it's fine. <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he caught that margin of people who were just immediately not okay with Hillary. And... I, you you said when we were talking that Hillary just didn't seem genuine uh, when she would speak. And I understand that because I could see that. I could see how her campaign posting on Facebook, uh, five reasons Hillary Clinton is like your abuela, why that would really turn a lot of people off. Right. And it turned a lot of my friends off. Uh and rightfully so. You know, that's not really a fair comparison. That's not, an ap- that's not an appropriate comparison to make. Yes. And, but I still, even when I started to doubt her, even when I, you know, I had this conversation with some people, I was like, you know, maybe Hillary is just another money-hungry conservative who's parading around like, like a Democrat. And that's, it's not that she's a conservative that would make her bad. It's just that that would mean she's not being upfront. Right. Yep with who she is. And so I, th- I thought about it and I looked more at her and I know that one of the big things in her campaign was she had a giant resume of things that she'd done. 
in the past helping children. I heard a story that I think Bill Clinton said himself that uh, she was working undercover as a... She was going into schools who were clearly discriminating based Mm -hmm. on whatever. I think it was race. And she went undercover to see if they would do that to her. And when they did, she shut them down immediately. And like... Took her mask off. Ah, it's Hillary! And, like, <laughs> and, and destroyed them. And of course, that's not. I, I'm obviously. I haven't. I don't know the whole story, obviously, fact by fact. Or detail by detail, I mean. Uh, so this could be. I could be butchering it. I really hope that's true, though. That's excellent. I. Right. Continuing with the. Even the demasking. Right. Truly. <laughs> truly. Right. <laughs> and so hearing about that and hearing that she did think that same-sex marriage was not okay, and then she changed her mind, Mm -hmm. did not upset me. I was like, good. I'm glad that you're somebody who changes your mind, and I'm glad that you're somebody who can be influenced by facts and by things things that matter and things that have relevance. Mm -hmm. But I think that that upset a lot of people because they're like, well, pick one, you know? Like, are you going to be against it or for it? You know, and that was a lot. That w- And it wasn't just that. It was a lot of things about her yes. that were like that. And so can you please explain to me and help me better understand why Bernie seemed so much better than Hillary uh, on an economic side, on a social rights side, whatever? Um, so I think the first thing that really got people was that he was an independent um, and so when he voted, he voted for what he felt like his repre- like the people he represented wanted, okay. um, which I think is I think is really great. I personally I think that he I like more bipartisan people because I feel like they're working for the people more than right. their party mm-hmm. um, because I think that a lot of people have to give up some of the things that they believe because they want they need funding from their party. Uh-huh. Um, and so. That's a good point. And Bernie, he, and then he got funding from the people. Um, Most of his funding came from like $30 donations from people. Um, He didn't have a bunch of huge corporations giving him money for his campaign. And I think people like that because when you get money from a huge corporation, there is a possibility that they're expecting something. And there might be a possibility that you've agreed to something, Mm. which may be true, may not be true. um, But it's, I think it's a little, it's a little icky to people. like when the Koch brothers are like, I'm going to represent this person. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, scares you. Of yes. Course. <laughs> so I think that was part of it. And I think I like, I mean, he had the free tuition, whatever thing that he wanted, but I think a lot of the things he proposed, he had a plan uh-huh. and he was like, okay, I want to do this. And this is exactly how we're going to do this. And it's like, okay, we're going to tax people who make a lot of money, which is crazy. I know, but like mm-hmm. rich people should pay taxes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. <laughs> right. I, I feel uncomfortable saying it, but <laughs> you should. Um, so he was like, okay, so when we get this tax money, which we don't already have, so it'll be like, I mean, we have a deficit, so, uh-huh. but it would be something that we could work into the budget and then we could just put it towards this thing that I'm proposing. Um, and with Hillary, it was a lot of like, well, you know, I really think that, yeah, college should be cheaper. Crickets. And it's like, okay, well, so what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to, if you're going to tell me that you're going to do this, how are you going to do it? We want to know. Um, and so I think that was, that was another thing. And I think personally with Hillary, uh, I did feel like she wasn't as genuine sometimes. She did, she had such, 
interesting campaign stunts that she did mm, um, yeah. and things like that that I felt like she was trying to... I avoided that. Because <laughs> she, uh, yeah. yeah, she wanted, um, I can see why she wanted the millennial voters, the people who sure. are voting for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, but the thing is that I don't think that she, the way she did it, I didn't feel respected as a voter who okay. was voting for the first time. Why not? I feel like she was trying so hard to be like, okay, so you're hip and cool, instead of being like, well, you're really focused on the issues that you're concerned with, and I, I'm i not trying to... She was trying to get us with pop culture mm-hmm. instead of getting us with just Weird. facts and, like, what she was about. Okay. And so I think it was kind of like, like, when you throw a smoke bomb and you just, like, kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. It's like, ha-ha, pantsuit away! <laughs> oh, the pantsuits. Yeah, they're great. I'm And I really, I do, um, I... I, I voted for her, and I believe in a lot of the things that she um, said that she that she was going to fight for. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it hurt her, the email thing, um, because people don't really get over things. You're right. <laughs> yeah, um, I know don't. my dad said um, people who uh, oppose the Clintons end up dead often, which is interesting, and I did not look into that, but I can see how that might happen. Um he, uh, so there's, they have a who lot died? of connections. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, oh, something might have been with the Benghazi thing. I don't know. It was a lot of people uh, that were like, ah, yes, Bill Clinton, you are not doing good things. And Bill's like, haha, plays the saxophone. I, I thought you meant, like, they go after people. No, but, um, they just kind of perish. Okay. <laughs> this is what, how my dad explained it. I didn't okay. look into it because he, it was just, I was like, oh, Okay. Okay. You're right. <laughs> but, um, so I think there's a lot of people that see that too. And, like, they saw Bill and they're like, well, is she just going to be Bill's puppet? Oh, um, okay. and I think that Bernie was kind of a breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. um, compared to, like, he didn't have a huge history. And also, I think the fact that he was, uh, he worked so hard in the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. I think was really something that people really enjoyed. Um, and I mean, like, enjoyed, respected, wanted to support him because of that. Because it was, he was practicing what he was preaching mm-hmm. always and he was always on the front line saying i believe in this and i'm going to fight for it mm-hmm. and i think sometimes um which hillary clinton was a politician and she was doing politics and she was in congress and things like that so she was like you know doing her job but she wasn't on the front lines of some of right. the causes that she said she supported so okay. i think that might have also been part of it okay um i think i understand better uh However, I think I think those are I think there are legitimate differences between Hillary and Bernie. I do. And I think that I still think Bernie would have been an amazing president. Yes. But I I mean I still wanted Hillary to be president over him because I didn't know about the whole free tuition thing. I didn't know how that was going to work and I didn't really trust it and uh, Yeah. But and that's totally legitimate as well. Right. And and I I didn't really trust that people were s- looked at him like he was flawless and you know corruption is is one thing uh but just having something that maybe isn't so great that that the people who are for you are willing to admit is something that's important to me i didn't see a whole lot of that Mm -hmm. and uh i didn't i didn't i mean on all three you know trump clinton and Sanders, you know, there were people on all sides of those who were not willing to admit some things that were true. That are right. True. And that's fine. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. 
politics is just gross. <laughs> You're right, but but I love it and I love watching it and I think that people forget that it really is kind of more of a game than anything. Especially to the politicians. Especially Some people now. have sports. Carson has political debates. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, do not get me started with sports. <laughs> I will implode. <laughs> uh, oh, look at that. I, I just said I hate sports, and we just lost a listener. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what do you think we it would look like right now? If Oh, I know where I was going with that. I just caught on. Okay. So I was saying that everybody has something that's wrong with them, but... That's not what frustrated me about Hillary versus Bernie, because they both had flaws, and they both were very different people, and very kind of stood for the same things, but, you know, there were definitely distinguished moments for them. Yes. But I saw more maliciousness coming from, is that a word? Maliciousness? I think so. I I saw more, more, more malice. There we go. Coming from Bernie supporters toward Hillary supporters. I had a friend on Facebook who was blatantly disrespectful to... She, I mean, she didn't. She wouldn't tag people in it, but I felt disrespected by these things she was saying because she would call people who liked Hillary lambs or sheep because oh. they're just following. And I was like, I'm not sure that's a good way to try to convince somebody. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's never. Not, and, yeah, insulting people <laughs> and insulting their intelligence. I was like... I. I was just so upset, and I think that kind of painted a lot of views about, for me, toward Bernie supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, and, but then all of a sudden, when it came down to Hillary and Bernie, or to Hillary and Trump, the same people who were trashing Hillary and her supporters, all of a sudden were like, yeah, that's my president, I'm going to go vote for her, and I was just like, literally... A month ago, you were calling the rest of us idiots. And I want to know, were you a Bernie or bus person? I mean, obviously not, because you voted for Hillary. But did you kind of empathize more with the Bernie or bust people? Um, I don't necessarily. I I wasn't so charged at that point. Okay. Um, like, I was like, I really like what Bernie Sanders has to say. I mm-hmm. like listening to him speak. Um uh, but I wasn't necessarily like, Hillary is, you know, the devil, Lord Pantsuit Satan. Right. And <laughs> it's so, I just, I love that about her. It's just, I want to, I want to achieve that. Like if that's the my legacy, glory. yeah, yes. I, I would be fine with that. Um, so I think, I don't know. I was a little bit more, I mean, it's weird. The word's going to come out and you're not going to know what it means anymore. Cause politics is crazy. Moderate. <laughs> Oh, Lord. In my feelings about it. Moderate. Because <laughs> I... Fake I, news. <laughs> I took this quiz. Um, and it's it's like a legitimate quiz because it's... Um, it's uh, isidewith.com. Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, and that's what people, like, recommend, like, when they're like, if you don't know who to vote for, like, definitely go on this. Because it lists an issue and it has, I believe, this or this or... And then there's, like, some, some that have caveats a little mm-hmm. bit. So, like, I believe in this to this point. Um, and so I went on there and I took the quiz and I found that I agreed with different politicians on different things. Um, I agreed with Donald Trump on, uh, voting laws. Mm-hmm. Some of his views on votings, I had the same views. Um, 
I agreed with Hillary on some things. I agreed with Bernie on some things. Um, so I think looking at the graph with the percentages and the numbers that I had, I didn't feel like I was so, so charged towards one person. So charged against one person, yes. Right. But I felt like I agreed with enough of what both of them were saying mm -hmm. because they did agree on a lot of things. It was, like you said, like two sides of the same coin. It wasn't like they they believed in what the DNC was kind of standing for. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe I felt that way in my heart, but I didn't feel that way in my brain. I okay. have been like, Bernie, <laughs> yes. And then yeah. I was like, oh, yes, Megan, calm down. What was your reaction to, to the Bernie or Bust campaign? I'm really frustrated with anybody who decides that they want to put down somebody else to make anything that they support seem better. Like, it ju what that just mean? makes me mad. Like, if it's like when... Um, it's like when a mean girl decides that to make everybody else think that she's really cool, she's going to insult people. Right. And, like, she think that's okay. But right. And it's like there's enough sun for everybody kind of thing. And so I don't think that insulting something else is ever... And I know they use it in marketing and sometimes it works, but insulting something else to make somebody think your way is never... Right. It's never going to be healthy and it's never going to be yeah. genuine and I feel like it's never going to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that... It's one thing to kind of vent to yourself or to a really close friend about what you really want to say and think about people who don't agree with you, but to say it in a you know in a public format or even to their face is, right. is just so counterproductive. But but what did you what was your reaction when people were saying just n insult aside, were just saying it's Bernie or it's no one after Hillary had won the nomination. What was your reaction to the people who were like, no, it's, I want Bernie. I'm going to vote for Bernie. I am. Or write him, his name in. You know right. about it. Yeah. Um, number one, I'm frustrated because they're so uninformed about how voting works. Um, <laughs> right? That's, that was, it's like which writing is, in Harambe. Yeah, yeah, which is, which was so frustrating to, yeah. to hear and to learn. But I was, I'm, I think I was really it frustrates me that people will not look at kind of what's going on and say, okay, so I know what I believe in and I'm still going to decide, I'm going to decide to vote, but I'm going to waste my vote. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I mean, people say like, I wasted my vote because I voted for Hillary in Kansas. Like, okay, whatever. I don't think I wasted my vote because I did my civic duty and that's what is important. Right. Um, but yeah, the point isn't to win. The point is, <laughs> yeah. the point is to do it. Yeah, because right. I'm. It's Which a repre representative democracy. So right. if I want to feel like, if I want to have, I always say, if you didn't vote, you don't get to talk about it. That's exactly <laughs> what I say. That is exactly what my mother says. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree on that. Definitely. And I can't shut my mouth, so I had to vote. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So I think that just wasting that vote, though, and saying that it was more, because that's they were saying that it was more important to say that they didn't like Hillary Clinton than to think if I don't vote for her then somebody that I completely disagree with is going to win. Mm. So they couldn't like they couldn't see the forest for the trees mm. and they couldn't mm -hmm. see past their own the bridge of their own nose mm, to right. think like okay well I might not like her as much as I liked Bernie but I really don't want Donald Trump to be our president. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's unreasonable. I don't think that's giving up any of your beliefs. Um, I don't think that that's being wishy-washy. I think that's being logical and reasonable. And if somebody's like, well, that was that was wrong, you can be like, well, I 
think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Stop. Yeah. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it was kind of a double-edged sword for them anyway, because like I said, it it was still irksome to see that, that they all of a sudden they were with her when, yeah. when it counted, but not when all those, that year and a half where things got really ugly and they were, and we were all, you know, I was a part of it too, you know, but to, wa- but to watch them all of a sudden switch on us, that was frustrating, but then it was also like, well, if you don't, then you suck, <laughs> you know, like, so I understand why it was kind of frustrating for the Bernie supporters as well to, to switch or to not switch was kind of a really double-edged sword for them, you know what I mean? I think some of the rhetoric, though, makes a difference, because it's like, okay, you can say, I am supporting the Democratic candidate, mm-hmm. and not necessarily saying, like, Hillary is the best, Hillary is great, I'm, right. like, like, totally going over, because that's, I, that is really frustrating, but being right. like, you know, this is, I'm voting for what I believe in, I don't think, I think that that, it's just that people are so dramatic mm-hmm. about how they were talking about it. Because they shouldn't, nobody should be like, oh, I hate this person, and then the next day be like, oh, I love them. Because it's, I mean, obviously like not high school. That's like high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're <laughs> right about that. Um, what do you think things would look like right now if Hillary had won? I don't think that she would have made so many moves so fast. Um, I think that she would have maybe waited to make a few of her choices. Um, and I think that, I mean, I think we would still have it, the House of Representatives and Congress would just be a mess. Like, it's still, still because be... it's so polarized right. and it's not like the president. It's the people that are, because they're like, we're representing our mm-hmm. one party and not the people yeah. we're actually representing. That's all. That could be a whole nother show. You're right about that. <laughs> but um, maybe, so I maybe later. <laughs> I think that that would still be an issue. I would hope that she would try to make strides towards her campaign promises in a way that uh, respected people a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of some of the things that Donald Trump has been doing is really shock and awe, which is not what I feel like should be our government. I mean, just personally, as somebody who lives in this country, <laughs> I don't want to j- just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this, and people are going to think it's crazy, but I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> we have, st- <laughs> it's like something stewy from Family Guy with you. <laughs> or one, I don't even, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I don't I think don't we would have had, guy. like, that raid in Yemen. I don't think that would have happened. You don't think so? No, because it was so, it was... And if it had happened, she wouldn't have been tweeting about Fox News instead of being in the war room. Yeah, she wasn't much of a tweeter. (sighs) Well, she wasn't. She wasn't. And I I think that there would have been a lot less carelessness in the the Oval Office. Um, Just in general, from staff, too, um, and some of the things, uh, like the things that have been put out that have typos from the White House, no. Mm. That's, (laughs) I I don't think that would have happened under her administration. And I think that... Even people who were Trump supporters would have at least been able to respect what she was doing and the way that she was carrying herself. And I don't think we can necessarily say that if you did not support Trump that you can respect the way that he's carrying himself. Yeah. But everybody would still be mad. I mean... I think so, too. I think everybody would still be really upset. And, on you know, one way or another, everybody would, would have some, a bone to pick. Yes, yes. Basically. Uh, which is why I was wondering, you know, what what do you think would 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 be different, you know, yeah. about if it was her or him. So on the note of Congress, 
I think I already know the answer, your answer to this question, but I have kind of a follow-up question. Okay. Do you think we need more women representatives in Congress? And my follow-up question is, why does it make a difference to you what a conservative man will say versus what a conservative woman will say or what a liberal or conservative Republican or Democrat or liberal woman would say in Congress versus what a Democratic or liberal man would say. Like, isn't it the same thing is my question. Um, So, yes, we do need more women because we have a representative democracy and we're not being represented, which is Mm -hmm. nonsense. Um, And I think that it's not – we don't have enough women right now to make a committee on women's health. Okay. And things that are being signed about women's health – have no women in the room. Mm. And that is not okay. Right. Because even if... <laughs> I, this <laughs> isn't even like pro-life, pro-choice kind of thing. But if you're going to talk about women's health, you should probably have somebody who's going to be affected by any of those kinds of things mm-hmm. in the room. And I mean, like, Directly women affected. were not allowed to wear pants in, like, in session until 1993. So, like, when you look at it from that perspective, we're doing great. But when you look at it from, like, you know, a real perspective, <laughs> like, we have so far to go. There, I think that women in government is so important because it is. It's a different perspective. <sighs> and you need different perspectives you. in government to make a government work for the mm-hmm. people that you're representing. Mm-hmm. And I think that even if it's just a few more right now, just those kinds of voices and people being empowered. And I think another thing that would be really great about having more women in Congress is that um, women would feel like they their voice is being heard more. Right. Because I think it's hard, um, because I know there are representatives out there that uh, listen when people call them or email them. Um, mm-hmm. In Kansas, that's a crazy concept. But in other states, it does happen. Um, and so knowing that their representative is listening to them and they have somebody representing them that is more like them. Because it's not that males and females are all that different. But it's just, like, representation at all. Okay. I, yeah. For sure. I definitely see where you're coming from on that. Uh, and there's a lot of smart ladies out there. You're right. And I w- there's you're some right. really smart, really qualified women that you're right. don't get the chance. <laughs> and that's really frustrating. I, I feel you. I feel you on that. And I'm going to ask you a question that I already know the answer to. But just for <laughs> formality's sake, do you consider yourself a feminist? Yes wonderful why so i um oh gosh i don't know i've so the thing is that my parents let me watch legally blonde when i was 10 um and that just started me (laughs) that just started me because it was i could never comprehend why somebody would ever say that i couldn't do something because i was a girl Mm -hmm. my parents always said if you set a goal and you work towards it then you should be able to achieve it um as a person And it was always as a person. And I was very lucky to have parents that did not say, oh, he's pulling your hair. He likes you. you. Mm. Like my parents were like, no, that's not okay. (laughs) Um, And and when I got in trouble for uh, maybe perhaps physically retaliating to a boy that was um, harassing me on the playground in elementary school, I used to be scrappy. Fun Megan fact. Um, I I, I don't believe that you're not still scrappy. (laughs) I don't believe that. That's that's like, it. Like you look nice, <laughs> but I can see it in your eyes. 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's so comforting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my dad was like, okay, so he was harassing her. And he, I mean, I still got in trouble because I hit somebody. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But he wasn't like, oh, well, you should, he's just being a boy. Boys will be boys kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I grew up in a family of really strong women. And I think that really started it too. Um, my great grandma uh, raised her daughter without a husband for quite a, uh, my grandma was in, she was in college when her father died. And back then that's, it was a lot a lot harder for a woman in that kind of world to be without a husband. Mm. Um, and then my grandma is, oh gosh, she's incredible. And she's, she's the matriarch. We have a matriarchal family. She takes care of us. She's the one that's in charge and things like that. And that never seemed weird to me. And then my mom is my hero and she's a certified public accountant, which is intensely difficult. And I think that just seeing my family members achieve so much and be so much and just be able to be so much as themselves and not worry about gender, I think was just really, really what started me on being like, if somebody ever said that I couldn't do something because I was a girl, I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. And it still doesn't make sense to me. I work in, I work in the theater right now. I work at our, uh, at B. Schmidt and I absolutely love my coworkers and I absolutely love my job. But when we have people that come in, and I work with, there's one other female on the team, um, and then there's three, yeah, three other guys. Um, and so it's, it's whatever, it's whoever wanted to work. It wasn't anything about gender, because my boss is excellent. Um, and, but when we get shows that come in, um, like the, the Encore series shows, I have found that almost every single show I am put down because I'm a female. Uh, they don't believe that I can do things because I'm a female. They uh, talk down to me. They call me honey a lot, which is frustrating. Um, they only learn my name so that they can, uh, so they can be like, oh, Megan, put that down. Like, you don't, you shouldn't have to be able to carry that. Um, and it's usually good when I have my coworker, Hannah, because she is a superstar mm -hmm. and she knows all about lighting. So she's going to be like, well, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to do it. Um, and so she kind of has that expert power. So people are like, okay. And she's stronger than me. Um, on a physical level? Just yes. Phys yeah. Yes, she's oh, well. like physically stronger than me, <laughs> so that helps. Yeah, Because um, I'm, I'm rocking a uh, fighting weight of 105 right now, and uh, so oh. I'm not very imposing. Well, that's <laughs> all right. Like I said, I can still see the, the fierce scowl in your eyes. So, And so I, um, and when I had to work a show without Hannah, it was... It almost kind of felt worse because it was like, okay, I was the only female in the crew. And so they were really, and I was working costumes because I'm the only one that knows how to sew, which is like, that's reasonable that if I know how to sew, I should be working in the costumes. But they're like, oh, it's because you're a girl. And they, know how to sew. and I was carrying, like, I was carrying, we have 50 pound bricks to like hold things down. And I was carrying it and they're like, you're going to kill yourself. Why are you trying to do that? And then I tried to put it down. There's a trash can in the way. So I was struggling and he's like, the bus driver was like, there's a man behind you waiting. He needs to get back to his job. And I was like, <sighs> that was, that was hard to swallow. Wow. Cause I do, I've been in environments my whole life where I've been respected because of my achievements and because of what I can do rather than anything about my gender. It's not an issue. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that coming into an environment like that, where it is a male dominated field um, because it's a lot of, a lot of really long hours, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of, I can understand why it's a male dominated field, but um, 
I should not be seen as less capable because I'm a female. If you're going to think that I can't do it, you should be because I'm not tall and I can't lift a lot. So that should be why you're judging me, not because of my gender. Because that has nothing right. to do with anything. So maybe if they if they weren't condescending to you. If yes. they were just saying, oh, Megan, do you need some help? And if you were like, no, they're like, okay, right. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the condescending <laughs> that really of it. made me feel it's really small. Well. Yeah. I mean, I am physically small, but like emotionally <laughs> very small. <laughs> you are physically small. <laughs> no, I understand what you meant. Um, as So I'm assuming that as a as a feminist you know what intersectionality means yes so i know that in the at the women's march uh there was a lot of backlash from did you go to that no okay i didn't either um but i saw that there were a lot there was a lot of backlash because from what i saw it was a mound of white women and that was frustrating to mm, I'm not really sure who, but I know that it was frustrating. Like it was <laughs> like it was frustrating for for people our age, people who are minorities, uh black African American, Latino, Latino, Latin uh people who are not white who were saying, "Where were you when we needed you?" Um but then there was also the side that was saying what are you doing here this this kind of isn't for you or not that i misspoke not that it's not for you but just that you know why don't you give us a chance to talk and so as a white feminist what do you feel like has been your experience so far i mean i know we're in haze and so there's not a whole lot of opportunity <laughs> yeah to have these kinds of exchanges i think it's getting better but uh as far as the student body population goes but what is your experience so far? How do you feel when you hear things like that white, you can be a feminist um, and be a white woman. It's not, that's not the problem. The problem is, is that the privilege you already have over all these other people, these, uh, the minorities and the black people and the uh, LGBT, Hispanic people who say, well, you still need to own your privilege even though you are a feminist and even though you are a woman uh, how how have you responded to that? What do you does that kind of make sense? Yeah, and I know that I do have privilege, um, and I know I just try to use it. I try to use the voice that I have to do the best that I can. Mm-hmm. And um, if anybody asks me for more than the best that I can, then they're going to get frustrated um, if they're going to expect me to be more than I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I I just want people to what I try to do with my personal perspective on feminism is say why can't we and on either side because i why can't a man want to be a stay-at-home dad like why is that not okay Mm -hmm. because they have incredible things to contribute to the home absolutely and so and it's why can't i be seen as just as qualified to be to have a job that a man does when i have the same resume Mm -hmm. why is that not a thing um and i think that it doesn't necessarily completely, um, it is, yeah, it's difficult being an intersectional feminist, especially when it's like, I don't really know a lot of trans people, so I can't really speak for them because I don't understand the experience because I haven't had, like, somebody come talk to me about it or, like, come up to me and be like, so this is kind of what it's like, and so I don't want to misrepresent somebody. Um, so there are some p- 
points of intersectionality that I can't really reference, but I would be fine with if somebody said that. I'd be like, well, I don't, I don't want to use my voice as somebody who would be listened to more and say something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I just do my best to make sure that when I'm saying these things and believing these things, that it's all people. Um, and it's like, well, why can't a woman make the choice when they're a Muslim to wear the hijab? And why, why can't they just be seen as respecting the religion instead of being like put down and the patriarchy is evil? So I think that's, I do my best just to kind of say, well, why can't we? Um, and we, I try to make we as inclusive as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all I can do because I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, have your, have your feminist, I- have your feminist ideologies changed over time? Do you think? I don't think they've necessarily changed. I think they've just expanded as I've learned more about different things. Okay. Um, just like as I have more life experience and seen more more instances where feminism is needed. Yeah. Like, because I didn't, when I was younger, I didn't know anything about sexual assault, but now I do. Right. And things like that. Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously, you know, those things that you learn about the older you get, uh, you couldn't have understood anyway, you know, in right. middle school or even high school sometimes. Yeah. Um, what, so there's this, I don't even know what to call it. It's this movement that a bunch of women who are saying, I don't need feminism because I think men have rights to, or something like that. Or because I think, and, and they'll, and I, the way I see it is they'll say, I don't need feminism because, and then the reason for not needing feminism is a feminist reason to be a feminist. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what do you, what do you think, or what do you, what would you say to those who think that feminism is about hating men, exalting women above men, or punishing men for things that have been done in the past by other men? Um, so there's a word that not a lot of people know, and it's called misandry, and it's yes. believing that women are better than men. Correct. Um, and people haven't heard of that. And nobody really, I mean, people talk about it because people get frustrated about it. Just like we're kind of frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something that we learn. We hear, we hear a lot about misogyny mm-hmm. and it's awful, but misandry is just as bad. And uh, misandrists often call themselves feminists. And um, people, people see the word feminist and they see how they act. The people that say that they're feminists act. And they don't think this is not what femini- fe- feminism is. So they're not a feminist. They think, oh, this is what feminism is because the loudest person is the one that says they hate men. Mm. Um, And so I say to people who say that they don't need feminism, I, I try to encourage them to think about maybe in their lives they don't. Because, I mean, if somebody wants to have, you know, apple pie, all Americans, stay, be a stay-at-home mom, like the man is the leader of the household, like, yes. Mm-hmm. But I just encourage them to think, if I don't want all of that, is am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, and saying, if I if my husband wants to be the leader of the home but also a stay-at-home dad, is he wrong? Mm-hmm. And pointing out that some people do still say that that's wrong because it's not what gender roles were supposed speci- specifically supposed to take. And I think that's the best way to explain it because it's like, a lot of people that say that are like, well, the life that I'm living, it's fine. Like, I don't need more rights. 
Um, so just trying to get them to see, like, well, if somebody else isn't living that life. Because, like, I want to be a missionary, and that, it's going to be hard in some situations because I'm a female. Um, and there's going to be, I'm going to be probably scared walking at night some of the places I work. I'm going to have working communities where males are, it's completely male-dominated. I might, I might work overseas hopefully work overseas um (laughs) in a place where it's a lot more of a patriarchal society and i know that it's going to be hard Mm -hmm. um and so i'm like well can you fight for me then Mm. if you don't need to fight for yourself can you fight for me right for sure how long have you been a feminist i would you say since i came out the womb (laughs) honestly amazing i I just i don't think there was ever a moment that i was like oh i'm a feminist it just always kind of happened that way right (laughs) right yeah I've kind of, I've kind of similar experience, but I think I was one of those little person, little girls growing up where I didn't actually know what feminism was until I started reading myself, until I started paying attention myself. Like I would get these things, you know, from the women I was around and they would say, yeah, I'm a feminist. And I'd be like, okay, sure. I guess I'm one too, you know, but I, you know, it takes a while to really understand what you're doing Mm -hmm. and why you're doing it. And... I, the more I see things like, I don't need feminists because, and then insert reason to be a feminist, is because, I don't don't get frustrated as much, because honestly, it sounds like they just don't understand what it is, and that if they did understand what it was, they would indeed call themselves a feminist. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but I understand that it's scary to call yourself a feminist, because of the social implication of that you know i know somebody that calls it the other f word oh god (laughs) yeah i mean that's hilarious actually (laughs) i think there's a book called that by an actual feminist i want to say jessica valenti but probably not uh she's like a really angry she's one of those feminists that people are probably really scared of jessica valenti you know who that is i've never heard of her okay she's a she was one of the first people i started reading actually okay uh but she she, yeah she's an author and i think she's also a journalist but i understand why it's intimidating because you are kind of being outspoken you you have to be Mm -hmm. in order to hold these beliefs because if you're not then if you believe in feminism but you're not being outspoken about it then it's you're kind of suffering (laughs) a little bit because when these things happen to you you don't feel like you can say anything about it even though you do believe something needs to be said Mm -hmm. um but one more question about feminism your feminism specifically Mm -hmm. uh this is also kind of a two-part question what are your opinions of abortion and how do you reconcile uh, any 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 feminist opinion? How do you kind of reconcile that? You said you're a Methodist yes. Christian. So how do you reconcile those two things, especially the one about abortion? Um, so with abortion, I am pro-choice because mm-hmm. I do not believe that my religion should um, should dictate how other people can what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really that's really important to me that. If I'm going to believe something, I'm going to believe it because of science and fact. And I have not found um, facts in science that support being pro. And I'm going to say pro-birth because I pro-birth and pro-life are very different things to me. Because I know if I have a friend that was pro, she was part of the um, the pro-life club we have on campus. And she started a petition to end the death penalty. Because that's part of being pro-life too. 
and I think that a lot of people don't think about it. So the abortion versus pro-life, I don't know if is necessarily a, um, it's not a, an argument that's congruent with each other, Mm -hmm. but, um, so I am, but personally I would not because my religious beliefs, I would never, I would, I'm not going to say never because there are situations even as a religious person and like sanctioned by the Catholic church and things like that. Like if the baby's going to die or you're going to die, like it's, it's okay because Mm -hmm. it's safety. Um, so if it was for that reason, then yes, but I would not, I would not get an abortion. But I can't, why would I say that anybody else couldn't because of my beliefs? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the same with a lot of those kinds of things that I am very religious. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, that's, I eat, sleep, breathe Bible studies. It's, it's, it's what I do. It's what I love. Um, But I can't, I force myself to think every single day about when I believe, when it's a political belief, what am I basing it on? And, like, if it's about somebody else's rights, I cannot base it on the Bible. Because I can't, the law has, the law has nothing to do with God. I mean, it's supposed to be, um, they say, give to God what is to God and give to Caesar what is to Caesar. Mm-hmm. Because they're two separate things. So, if I'm going to, I, I can follow the Bible and, you know, mo- I don't think that it's ever going to lead me to do something, like, my religion is ever going to lead me to do something illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just, you know, morals as well, not just like religion. Um, but I can't say that a law should follow my religion. Mm-hmm. And I, I am frustrated when I see people who are forming their opinion, their opinions strictly on the Bible, because I think that they are not looking beyond themselves. What and do you I mean, like, they can think, okay, well, this is my religious belief. So this is what's important to me. This is what needs to be the law. But even if it's important to you, does it need to be a law? Mm-hmm. Like, does it... Because God said nothing about jaywalking, but that's a law because <laughs> it's about the greater good. Yeah, that's a good point. But good point. just because you wouldn't get an abortion because of your religious beliefs, and I understand mm-hmm. that's kind of more about people believe, you know, saving souls, God's children, things like that. So I can understand that that might be a little bit different. But there's some things, um, like liquor stores not being open on Sunday. Sunday is church day for people who go to church. Sunday is not church day for people who do not go to church. Mm-hmm. So why should it be illegal to buy liquor on Sundays if the only reason is because it's a holy day? Mm-hmm. Like you can not have your store open and that's your own choice. We had a Mexican restaurant in Leavenworth and they they were not open on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And nobody was mad about it. They're like, oh yeah, they're Christians. They go to church. They want their They want their employees to be able to spend the day, the Sabbath with their families. But why should that be in the law? If it's just, if Sundays are only significant to Christians. Mm. So things like that, where it's like, okay, well, you wouldn't do it, but does that mean that nobody should be allowed to do it? Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I mean, I agree, but I've never heard it put that way. That's a, Me that's neither. A that just came out it. of my mouth. And <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cool. say that more often now. So what do you think about, and this is something that Hillary, Hillary Clinton said probably last year. She said that you can absolutely be pro-life and a feminist. What do you think about that? I think that, I think that you can. Um, but again, I think that being pro-life is not necessarily. It's a belief. Um, but I don't know. I'm gonna restart because I think I didn't start that right. Okay. Here we go. Feel Going free. in the brain vault. Of course. Um, I. 
I think that you can be pro-life and a feminist, but you need to support the fact that women might want to make that choice. Um, mm. And support that they, like, that's something, and not say, oh, you're wrong because you got pregnant and you do not want to carry this child. Mm. Um, because that's also not very Christian of them. Mm-hmm. They should be loving people. That's, like, it's one of the two big ones. Um, <laughs> do you think that maybe... Because to me, there's there's a difference between, you know, calling somebody a whore and just calling somebody wrong. Right. You know, so are you saying that saying that somebody's wrong is kind of being non-Christian? Um, I take the viewpoint personally of hate the sin, love the sinner. Okay. Um, so being... So you mean like not being judgmental? Right. Where you're going. Being okay. like, okay, I understand that you made that choice, and right. we're both on the same page that I don't agree with it, but, like, I need to, like, you know, support you in Christian love mm-hmm. and include you in things still because that's not, that's not what we're about. Church is pretty neat. I mean, we're not bad people, yeah. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that one of the biggest issues I have with people that are, like, super pro-life, like, I'm so, so happy that this is, you believe what you believe, like, good or pro-birth, excuse me. <laughs> it still bothers me, the pro-life versus pro-birth thing. Right. But I'm like, if you're going to go and scream at somebody who's going into Planned Parenthood, then what are you, like, what? Yeah. It's like, okay, if you're going to be believing this because of your religious beliefs, but you think it's okay to scream at somebody and be like, you're wrong, you're going to hell, like, mm-hmm. everybody just needs to sit down and take a deep breath. Right, right. And maybe some Xanax. Some <laughs> Xanax. Uh, so did you hear or read about the pro-life people in the women's march wanting to march with the pro-choice people? Um, I think they, yeah, I did hear about that. And I, I understand why they were so frustrated and kind of shook a little bit. Who? Um, the pro-life women. Okay. Uh, because I can see why they wanted to march for what they believed in. Um, but I also think that them yelling down with Planned Parenthood, um, is not necessarily a way to really say I'm pro-life mm. um, because you can't just be like because Planned Parenthood is not abortions and abortions are not Planned Parenthood mm. um, and like you know there's that there's the new the new bill that was just passed that says that if you perform abortions you're not going to get federal funding which I was very very excited when I read the bill not because of that um, because I'm pro-choice but because they said if you do not then you still get funding the funding's still there i was super concerned that they were just going to be like oh we're cutting the funding Mm -hmm. because i could see that happening but they didn't do that so so that was at least one thing that they did kind of right Mm -hmm. um because you know some some things have not been going right lately um but i think that yelling defund planned parenthood and saying bad things about all that kind of stuff at a women's march was not appropriate um, and it was not necessary. Why not? Because that's not what the Women's March was about. Um, people did say there was a lot of talk about my body, my choice, but there were, it was so much more than that. Uh-huh. It wasn't a pro-choice march, and the March for Life was, like, the next weekend, so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, and I think that it's awful that people were mad at people for being pro-life, and I'm really frustrated that people would be that bad to other people mm-hmm. who are there to support their rights as well. And they were supporting the right to protest. So I was kind of mad that people were like, I have a right to protest, but these people don't because I don't mm-hmm. believe the same thing that they do. Like, right. that sucks. Right. Um, but I think it was a bigger issue on both sides because it's not just about being pro-life or pro-choice. It's like 
I don't want a president that talks the way that President Trump talked about women who's making choices about women. Right. And right. I think that's valid. I I was a little, I was, I'm not a little, I was very conflicted when I heard about that because on one end I was thinking, well, no, I don't know why you guys would ever stand next to each other ever, especially right now. Right. But on the other end, I you know, I, I talked to my girlfriend about this because she is pro-life and I am pro-choice. And she said, and she explained to me that they're not trying to change each other's mind. They're just trying to stand next to each other mm-hmm. and say that it's okay. And I don't know why it was so hard for me to just let them do that. Just let them be stand next to each other, for God's sake. You know, just let them speak to one another. Because ultimately, you know, you're right. It wasn't about th- it wasn't about abortion rights or reproductive rights. It wasn't about being pro-choice or pro-life. It was about who is our president and what that means for the rest of us. And I understand that. I do think it was kind of still a part of it, you know, because that does have an impact. Who our president is now does have an impact on those things. Yes. Um, And so I think now I'm more comfortable with the idea of them being together and, and of them, you know, kind of coming together and saying we're both against this, even though, you know, when we need to draw the line, we will draw the line. But right now mm-hmm. we don't need to draw that line. Yeah. And again, it goes back to people who are coming to have a conversation or people who are coming to have an argument. Right. Exactly. And I think some people really came to have an argument. For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. On on both ends. Yeah. You know? And no, but there was, there was not people that were 100% right on either side of that situation. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, so... I kind of want to go, since we're, we're kind of, we were on that subject for a little bit, but, um, so you talk about, you just talked a little bit about, uh, your beliefs about, you know, separation between church and state. What kind of effect does that have on your faith? Or in other words, what if things don't go in the direction that your faith leads you to because you wanted the government and your faith to be separate, you know? It's like, cause normally people will, will vote their faith because they don't want to not vote their beliefs. Right. You know, usually there's right. not that disconnect between their government or social beliefs and their faith beliefs. Usually they're the same thing. Right. They come from the same place. So, for you personally, anyway, what happens then, you know, when things start going a different way because you voted separately for what you believe spiritually to be true? Um, I found that I, it's, it, it honestly doesn't conflict too much because I've found that a lot of the things that I believe are not so crazy that there's not other evidence. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I think the biggest issue I have is because I, I form my, form my opinions and then I see if that's like even reasonable kind of thing um and so i don't know if my faith has really been affected by that but my biggest problem with lack of separation of church and state and beliefs is the federal government right now because people are making arguments that only cite it's not the bible i've read but apparently there's another version going around that like i just haven't seen (laughs) and it's like that version of the bible and like that version of what god said because you know he must have just written two (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and them saying that this is the reason why I voted this way. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like i understand that you're a christian but you're also you you understood that you were representing people that might not be christians right. you came into this job knowing that you are um a public servant um you came into this job knowing that that you need to like there is a separation of you can't pass laws that make it difficult for other people to practice their religion because it's not like they don't say like there is a separation of church and state in the constitution but it does say that there you can't make laws that make it i it's not difficult but like that impedes somebody else being able to to practice their religion if it's not like you know illegal like like really awful like this religion says we're gonna kill people then like i think that that wasn't exactly what they meant Mm. um but i think that's where i come into the big issue Mm. because i personally haven't had those issues but i also am a citizen i did not say that i was going to represent people Mm -hmm. um despite you know race color creed whatever that they I didn't sign on for that. Um, so, and most of the time, I my beliefs that may be kind of hard to reconcile aren't the issue that I have to deal with. Mm. Like, in elections and things like that. I mean, I've only voted once because there's only, well, twice. I've voted in the primaries, too. Um, but, because there hasn't been, like, small elections yet, because I'm only 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not a lot has happened. But, um it hasn't really come up that an issue that I have that might conflict has been something that people are talking about. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's okay. a, it's pretty exciting. I mean, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I went in a huge circle. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just, I only, I understand what you're saying. And the only reason I ask that is because I know someone who knows someone who, are they it's a couple who are pro-life but they believe that they should not be able to impose kind of like you like they don't believe they should be able to impose their beliefs on the government on other people and i know that that is conflicting for others because they're like well but i have to vote according to who i am i have to vote according to what i believe and so voting pro-choice when you are not pro-choice is difficult for them. It's, di- it's they don't understand, you know. Right. Just, just like if I were to try to vote pro-life, if I thought that, you know, yeah, you should be able to, but in the end, it's still a human being. You know, I, I don't know how I'd do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around being able to distinguish between what your faith and spirituality tells you versus what you think needs to happen in the government. The good news is that we don't often vote on things that specific. Mm. Um, And when people base their entire support of somebody on if they're pro-life or pro-choice, like, I guess then then it's that specific, but that's not okay. Mm. um, Because there's, (laughs) they have to think about other things that people say and not just base it completely on that. Um, Because I know that when we had to vote about the Supreme Court justices in Kansas, um, they made it a pro-life, pro-choice issue. Really? Um, like, that's how they kind of put it on the ballot. Um, but it wasn't a pro-life, pro-choice issue at all. It was a... They voted a... What was it? It was about those brothers. And it was like, should we retain them or not? I don't remember what it was about, but it wasn't yeah. pro-life, pro-choice. Yeah. So they framed I, it differently. 
But that's yeah, I think that's the closest that we get to actually having to choose like is this going against my beliefs or not? Because we vote for a person. Mm -hmm. And a person is more than one thing. And I think that that makes it, it makes it easier. Um, which, I mean, it shouldn't have to, easier, it's not, we're not striving to make it easier. But it does end up making it easier to think, you have to think about the whole instead of just this one thing about a person. Because it's not just like one thing. Like if it was legalizing marijuana, if my religion said like, no, you should not smoke pot, then I would have to vote no if I really, really felt that way and I could kind of support it. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think recently we've had to make any choices that are like, yes, no, should we do this, should we not? Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Which, thank God, because I, uh, yeah. I don't ever want to be in that, like, that situation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's polarized now, <laughs> yeah, just wait. Um, where do you see politics going from here? Where we are right now? Um, I think that there... We're going to start seeing repercussions of some choices that have been made. Um, now that they're kind of maturing a little bit. Um, I think that... Um, yeah, I think we're going to start seeing, like that maybe Mexico's not going to pay for the wall and it's going to be our money. Mm -hmm. um, and that maybe not everything that worked out that the way that Trump thought it would is going to work out that way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still, I'm just going to put it out there, I'm still frustrated that he was like, I am so for mental health for veterans, because I'm like, yes! Veterans, mental health, they served our country, they should totally be supported, like mm -hmm. they should have good services. And he's, every single other campaign promise but that one has been fulfilled. Which is really, mm. I mean, that's just frustrating to me in general, because I'm like, mental health! And that's something that we can all agree on. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, there might be, there's going to be more gaps um, in kind of people seeing that um, they supported something, but then them supporting something is actually going to hurt them. Um, and it's going to hurt the people around them. And I think there's going to be a, a pretty rough time. Um, and then we're going to, because then we're going to have the midterm elections. And uh, historically speaking, What's probably going to happen is we're going to have a Democratic uh, Congress. You think so? Uh, that's usually what happens in a midterm election when there's a supermajority. Um, it ends up turning around and, like, not being a supermajority anymore. Uh, Katie told me that one. Um, and I trust her on all things politics. I would like to get to know Katie. She sounds like a good friend to have. Oh, she's <laughs> she sounds, lovely. She sounds like a weapon is what she sounds oh like. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... <laughs> And I think it's going to be, it's going to be hard for a while. And then even with that, with the turnover, it's going to be, there's going to be turmoil and it's going to be hard for us to find our voice again. And I think there's, there's going to be big changes at mm -hmm. some point to yeah, the course. process. Um, and I don't know if that's, I don't know if somebody's going to, if they're like going to get rid of the electoral college, if they're going to get rid of like change how bills are passed, like something that's going to be like big. I think there's going to be something big because things are failing right now and checks and balances are not happening. Um, and then I think that we're going to find kind of an upturn. Um, and if that doesn't happen, then I can totally see us getting just nu nuclear war. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want that to happen, but I could mm -hmm. see people getting mad enough at us for that to happen. I asked this already, but just kind of curious what you think. If Hillary had won, and let's say the majority in the Congress was Democratic, do you think we'd still, it'd still be a problem? 
I think it would still be a problem, but I think that there would be more in, um, I'm gonna say intelligent choices. I know they're smart people, but sometimes I'm real confused. Um, Wait, but the Democrats? Uh, the, the conservatives okay. currently. Like, well, just like the, the people passing the laws right now, in general. Okay. Um, because I know that there are some Democrats that vote for whatever. Um, I don't think it would be as much of a mess that way, because there would be some, there would be qualified people um, helping. Hence, hopefully. Uh, yeah. yeah, like somebody who went to public school, helping with public schools. Um, there would be a little bit more trust, I think, um, which I think would be really helpful, mm -hmm. um, because I think that uh, some of the rhetoric that's going around from the Trump administration is making it almost impossible for people to trust people in the government. Mm. Like when, because it's so polarizing, and it's like every Democrat is evil. No, because not every Republican's evil. Like that's exactly. not how any of that works. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and believing that there should be more government regulation doesn't make you a good person, and believing that there should be less doesn't make you a good person either. Like it's it doesn't. That's not how any of this works. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that would be, and I think that the American people would be more involved in the decisions. Um, and it wouldn't seem like it was just a government making decisions for themselves and just being like, here, this is what you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I Sometimes I hesitate to say that I think things would be better if Hillary had won, because I don't know. Right. And I don't want to be one of those people who um, just assumes that what I thought should have happened is what should have happened. Right. You know, I mean, l four years from now, we if we end up not electing Trump again, if he even ends up running. Oh, I think he already uh, declared to win because there's a loophole where he can still get money from people uh, okay. that he doesn't have to pay taxes on. Okay. <laughs> well, let's say for this sake, for this conversation's sake, he does not win. I think, you know, maybe looking back, we'll be like, I'm kind of glad that happened because... Maybe we just weren't ready for, you know, all these other things that we wanted before that we know now maybe we needed to fix some things first. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how that's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the next four years that will suddenly be magnificent that we can look back on and say, wow, that was good. And that's just speaking from a liberals perspective you know i have no idea what the conservatives are thinking right now just not right. and not republicans in congress just regular students regular people who have these questions daily i i i do kind of want to know wh what they're thinking what's going on with them right now and hopefully i'll be able to invite these people on it and talk a little bit about that but so i so i don't i don't like saying like oh it'd be so much better if it was run by a bunch of democrats because that doesn't seem very productive either. Right. I think you know? that saying though they would be more organized is not is not an un it's not a big assumption that mm -hmm. is like oh well, you know, she's just speculating because mm -hmm. it would be more people that know how it's supposed to work mm -hmm. and have been in the process. What what do you think is the divide there? Why why do you think the Democrats just know better? Oh no, I just think it would be the administration. I oh, think okay. that cuz the Republican um and it's with Trump's specific cabinet. It's uh, people who haven't worked in government at all. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's like masses of them. Right. And so it's a lot of people who have never been in this situation. They've never been to Capitol Hill. Um, they might have bribed a few people on Capitol Hill, but they've never actually been involved in that process. And so I think that 
And I don't think that would have happened necessarily as much if Clinton had won. She probably, because she's from the political sphere, so she knows more people that did politics. And she's like, yeah. trust, she knows, has contacts and things like that. So I think that just people who know the process would have been in the positions instead of mm-hmm. people who just happen to be qualified in a certain way that Trump believed was a qualification that you needed. Mm. Which is, I mean, he's a businessman yeah. and he's running like a well, business, so it's not politics. I mean, he thinks so. People I can. Were saying, oh, yeah. I don't want a politician to be president again, which is to me kind of like saying I don't want a veterinarian doing surgery on my dog. Uh, but, you know, now that we have a non-politician for a president, of course he's going to elect other non-politicians for office. Right. Offices and things like that. So, I mean, it wasn't a huge surprise to me. Uh, but, nonetheless, here we are. Yeah, exactly. Which is, we'll just have to deal with it, you know. We'll just have to... We just have reasonable to Reasonable people will just have to figure it out together, you know. We have to stay involved and we have to keep right. fighting for what we believe right. in. Mm-hmm. And that's... We just have to do our best. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that people felt a little, they feel defeated in some ways. But I think that Mm -hmm. just, if you continue to be a genuine person and a good person and a supportive person, then you're doing your part. For sure. I think so. And and maybe it's not so, maybe people don't need to be nervous about having different opinions. Right. You know, because I'm one of those people who's kind of nervous that I'm being too partial um, or that I'm not being fair to conservatives or Republicans. I've seen more and more now, after Trump's been elected, that I, I've seen people, liberals and Democrats alike, demonize them just as much. You know, and right. I don't. I don't know if I would have seen that if Hillary had been president. I don't know if because it wouldn't. They wouldn't. I don't feel like they wouldn't need to anymore. It wouldn't be a big deal. It would be a big deal, but I don't think I would have, I could consciously see that and recognize it as mm-hmm. something that's not there. Um, so I guess that's kind of a good thing that came out of this sort of, you know, is just seeing that, yes, there are some things that have been said that are not okay from the conservatives, but we've got our issues of our own. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so many. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, painting all conservative Republicans with a huge brush and saying that they are all homophobes, transphobic people, xenophobes, that they're all all of them are like that is not it's just not helpful. Right. And I don't think it's true. No, not at all. And and I know that there are people who do think that's true and who do think that that Republicans any Republican in Congress does not care about the rest of us. And I don't think that's true either. No. You know, and so I try to stay healthy on on that end. But also, you do kind of need to say sometimes, that's homophobic. (laughs) You know, like... Yeah. I I think calling people out on, especially things like human rights issues, Mm -hmm. I found is easier to be like, dude, like, you... You know, you're saying that this person is not as valuable as you are. Like, that doesn't... Right. What, where where yeah. are you coming from, buddy? Like, right. Just sit down, please. And just recognizing it is... That's what that person said. Yeah. Not what a million people said. Right, exactly. And even if it's a million people saying it, what about the other hundreds of millions of people who are not saying that? Mm-hmm. Who are saying, that guy's nuts. 
or that girl's that woman is nuts you know that's not what we think right and but i don't know if you remember me mentioning this uh i was talking to somebody about how i think the reason the reasonable people the moderates the centrists left or right need to get together and talk about this and just let the loud angry people dissipate and some my friend looked at me and said i think you i think i don't think you should ignore them I don't think, I think those are the people who need you and who need the reasonable people the most. What do you think about that? Because that's kind of uh, impossible yes. to get through to somebody who does not want to be gotten through to. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you can ever avoid them. Yeah. Um, I have people that are very set in their ways that are in my family. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, hang out with my family a lot. We're pretty close i would say yeah. <laughs> um just general as human beings i think though i found it interesting that people who have become who have chosen to become more informed uh getting things like the countable app doing the who do i side with um reading the news and understanding that news is not objective and uh trying to figure out the facts rather than just get uh, reacting to what they hear um people who take steps like that people who are doing what you're doing and having conversations with people that believe different things than them to see where they're coming from and why they would believe that so that you can understand that okay this is why somebody's coming from where they're coming from and i hope that they would understand where why i'm coming from where i'm coming from Mm -hmm. they tend to be a lot a lot more moderate right because they see that if you can see something from somebody else's point of view you can see why it's valid Mm -hmm. and you can understand why they believe that because neither party is inherently evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's just... And that's what's happening right now is what people think. Um, so I think that providing those resources to people um, and hoping hoping that they will come to them and see maybe even just a little bit and get just a little bit closer to wanting to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanting to learn about somebody else. Because it's so much more than politics that that yeah. is helpful for, like... Yeah. Uh, learning about new cultures, learning about new things that other people do, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just being able to say, I have provided what I can provide to you guys, to anybody who is really just out there on the ends of the spectrum. Um, I'm doing my part, um, and I'm willing to talk to you if you want to talk. Yeah, I think is the best that we can do. Um, and then after that, if they're still screeching off in a corner, be like, okay... Well, we I could just, you <laughs> yeah. know, National Punch a Nazi Day is not today, oh, so, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to leave this one National right now because Punch there's only day. so much that you can Good do. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I, uh, I know that I said I was going to look for your articles and read them all. Surprise, surprise, I did not. Well, it's I looked. Spring semester for college, I completely You're understand. Right. Well, I looked, and I and I sc- was scrolling through your Facebook. I finally came across one, and I was like, there it is, and I, ca- I caught it. And it is your most recent one, obviously, at least that you've, that you've shared on Facebook. And it was um, a very powerful, powerfully written article uh, titled, A Book and a Warning. Oh, yeah. Whew. And you say... At the end, once you've explained what that book is about, which seems amazing, by the it's way. It's a really great book. I really want to read it. 10 out of 10 recommend. Really. Uh, you say that we like to pretend that we are beyond what happened in World War II. 
we think we have evolved past believing in a leader who uses charisma to sway people to overlook their shortcomings and failures. We think we are too smart to let fascism ever happen again. It happened in 1969. It is not beyond the realm of possibility that this is happening again. Things just turned dark, I know. <laughs> but that's okay. A chill falls over the room. <laughs> so, will you talk a little bit about that? What do you have to say to the people who think, who think that even mentioning Hitler right now is such an overreact, an overreaction. You know, there's a there's a logical fallacy called reductio Hitlerum, and it's when you compare. Well, Hitler did that, so you're Hitler, and you're just like Hitler. Uh, that sounds ridiculous to people who do support Trump or don't support Trump, who are still conservative and say, okay, that's pushing it. Mm-hmm. What What do you think about that? Um, I recently went to a conference at the National Holocaust Museum, mm -hmm. and we went through the main exhibit on a tour um, with a tour guide that was very, very knowledgeable. Um, and I saw at the beginning of that, um, at the beginning of the exhibit, because they talked about, like, you know, kind of the rise to power, too, and not just, like, what happened during. Um, and I saw all of those things happening um, that today that had happened then. Um, I'm just waiting for the book burnings, um, saying that the news is all wrong, um, having people, oh gosh, what was it, the, the Holocaust Museum put out, like, a, a list, um, about it, and they, uh, and, oh, what else was it, like, polarizing people against each other, vilifying certain people, mm -hmm. um, let's see if I can, uh, I'm googling, that's my googling sound. <laughs> okay. How did, how did I see that? But yeah, I guess someone who, who's listening is like, is she okay? Is she having a seizure? What's going on? <laughs> no, she's fine, everybody. Yeah. It's fine. She's on her phone looking at looking it up. So, Okay, here we go. Early warning signs of fascism. Powerful and continuing nationalism. Make America great again. Oh, damn. Disdain for human rights. There's, there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, I think the, the uh, most recent one is probably the uh, bathroom issue. Uh, supremacy of the military. He wants to start doing uh, military parades again, like parading around in public, mm -hmm. which there's a, an interview with somebody who's from the military and is like, D -d -d please stop. No, mm -hmm. no, that's a bad choice, which was interesting to me. Uh, rampant sexism. <coughs> Don't even need to explain that. <laughs> Controlled mass media. Mm. Um, obsession with national security. Religious and religion and government intertwined. Corporate power protected. Labor power suppressed. Disdain for intellectuals in the arts. Hmm. Obsession with crime and punishment. Stop and frisk. Uh, rampant cronyism and corruption. What's cronyism? That's a really great question. No. <laughs> and then fraudulent elections. Which, um. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not going not gonna to comment on that one. Let's see. C-R-O-N-Y. Um, it is the... Practice of partiality in awarding jobs and other advantages to friends or trusted colleagues, especially in well. politics. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so basically, he got at least a nine out of ten. Yep, on that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe that paints it a little better for me anyway, because I think when people hear he's just like Hitler, they think, "What are you talking about? We're, there are no camps. No one's being killed." Right. Uh, no one's being arrested and taken to 
a desolate area where no one will ever see them again, that's not happening. But I think when you bring, when you put it into perspective and say, okay, yeah, not yet, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's it is scary. But I also think that also sounds kind of funny to to somebody who doesn't think he's anything like Hitler. And I think that if you bring Hitler out of the equation and just say fascist, yeah, um, then it makes it a little bit less yeah intimidating. Maybe intimidating. To, yeah, to the say. power of your words, the rhetoric you use to mm. say that because it is there are other fascist leaders who have done this. And there's the reason why there's a checklist, because they do it. And there's a, fascism has happened in China in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So um, I think if you bring it back to that, it's just that the thing that Hitler did that was so different, I, I don't want to say special because I feel like that has a positive connotation, um, is that he used his charisma mm -hmm. to just win over the people. And, like, he practiced and he did all of these things. And so what he did was he made... He ma made people believe in what he believed in because of how he said it mm -hmm. instead of being instead of other ways that people do that like you know fact statistics logic yeah. being a decent human being all of those things and he preyed on people's weaknesses um in order to make them follow him mm -hmm. so he said you know the jews are the reason why you guys um would rather use your money as kindling then spend it because it's worth more in a fire than it is to buy a loaf of bread mm. um and he said you know a turkey in every pot once we get rid of these people that are just so they're hurting our country so much and it's happening um some of those things are happening again uh blaming other people for the problem and saying okay they got to get out yeah um and so i think that was that's what the connection to hitler is but the connection to fashion is fascism is definitely, definitely there. Just yeah. fascism in general. So that's that's a time to to Trump or Hitler. I'm not sure which to Hitler or Trump's credit. Uh, Trump is not charismatic. That's I don't true. Think. But then again, I've never met him face to face. So I, I've heard that when you meet him face to face, it's very different. But the Trump that I see is not charismatic because yeah. I don't. He's not charming to me. I think it's the words he uses Possibly. Um, when he puts them in the right order mm, or when yeah. you like use your brain to put them in the right order. You're like, this is how a normal person would say this. Mm -hmm. I now understand. Right. Um, and like the, just, just the language he uses yeah. and yeah, he doesn't have as much charisma. <laughs> then again, like, I don't, I've, uh, which isn't, I mean, I don't even know why I'm really bringing that up. I guess just because he's so unscripted and Hitler was not. Yeah, that's very true. Hitler was, Everything was very calculated. Very articulate. Uh, and Trump just says what pops up in his head. You know. And that's probably why people like him. Uh, and I understand that that's, a, the, that's kind of a valuable trait to have. To be able to just say what you think. But I think the problem is what he's saying and what he's thinking. You know. The fact that those things are what goes on in his head. Is probably what, what bothers most people. Or not most people, but... Bothers the people that it bothers. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because some people right. are like, he's not guarded, and that's what we need, because we need somebody who's going to be honest. And I can see why they would make that connection, when uh, everything that comes out of his mouth is just, you know, you, you can tell when he practices and when he doesn't. Yeah. So, and, and, and I, and I can I see why people would value right. that, but I, yeah, I personally don't, right. don't I, agree with it either. I could see why Hillary doesn't really have that. She doesn't really have that unscripted thing about her. And she's not charismatic. Right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> some, somebody who knows her very well said, sh you know, she's not a good politician. She's not a good public speaker, 
she's not charismatic. Uh, and then they said, that doesn't mean she doesn't care. It just means that's why you don't like her, because she's, she's not, she doesn't have that thing that right. Bernie Sanders has. Yeah. Or that Trump has for some people, you know. Um, so I, I, I'll give that to Trump. He, he is a powerful speaker, just in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, than Adolf Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last couple of questions. What you, you mentioned, when I asked you at the very beginning, you know, how do we do research, you said, you mentioned Huffington Post. So you don't like Huffington Post. Um, not for things about, things that matter. I like how they report on things that are just kind of pop culture and stuff like that. Okay. Like, that's fine. Like, I, I don't need to know the facts because they're probably not facts anyway because people are very private when they're celebrities. Sure. Um, and so I like how they write about things that don't necessarily matter as much, but I found that websites uh huffington post is not the worst but there's some that are so they're like trump said this one crazy thing um what was it uh somebody said that betsy betsy devos was going to take away the uh free and reduced lunch program Mm -hmm. she has no power over that that's the department of agriculture Mm -hmm. but a lot of different websites in that strain of news sources were saying that and people were getting really mad um and so that's why i'm so careful about my research now because i'm like I was really mad about it because a lot of the students in my school either had to choose between if they if they didn't have this program they would have to choose between eating lunch or having shoes that have soles on them yeah like that's the choice that they would have to make Mm -hmm. and I was like that made me mad and then I realized that I wasn't looking at credible news sources and somebody's like that's she doesn't have any power over that um she might think that maybe i don't know she i don't think she ever actually said anything about it mm-hmm. i think what she That's said was there's no such thing as a free lunch which is something that somebody else said mm-hmm. um and she was just quoting them on something else um so it's things like that that um huffington post and that strain of reporting often put and it's the things that it's going to get you the most readers yeah and when you get more readers you get more advertising money yeah. and i can understand and then there's more outrage and then more people are talking about your news source um so it's, yeah, it's, it's tough and you have to kind of, kind of sort through that kind of stuff. But yeah, having to post for things that are just like talking about like pioneer woman cooks. I'm like, yeah, totally listen to you guys. Mm-hmm. Love her. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so what, I think you mentioned CNN, Fox News, and then something in the middle there. What uh, sources do you find the most helpful? You mentioned like .gov's. Yep, things that have .gov. Um, when I have questions, if I can look up statistics, um, that really helps because uh, numbers are the closest things that I can get to things that don't lie. Um, if you're concerned about things like crimes, um, police have to they have to publicly put I think all of their arrests. Uh-huh. It's something that like and it's in the public and they have to put it they have to put it out there. So if you're concerned about that, then you can look at that. Um, .edu is usually good if a school is doing a, um, if somebody's done a, like a research paper on something, it's usually, and you can find the sources on there, that's usually pretty good. Um, yeah, I love NPR, National Public Radio. NPR. Um, and I just, and their human interest stories are great too, so that's kind of fun. Um, I'm trying to think, my dad said, and I don't know if this is true because I didn't really get to look into it because his website's kind of, kind of funky, um, Al Jazeera. Um, he mentioned that name, and he said that wasn't really biased. I can't, I can't corroborate that at all. Um, and also, international news sources are um, oh, good yeah. because they don't have, they don't have to care what America thinks about them because 
there is no they have no ties kind of i mean they do yeah. have ties because everybody has ties but they're to not somewhere. At, at risk of right not being supported by a bunch of americans yes because they're not an american news source yeah so they just kind of say what's going on which is nice when you want kind of bare bones facts yeah i found because they don't put in a lot of like human things it's just like okay this is what happened in this situation and you're like thank you Mm, yeah and then you get all the feelings from everybody else yeah right of course <laughs> screaming on facebook yeah because we need to n- be told how to feel about <laughs> most things um so i'm guessing that you agree that there's a fake news epidemic but probably not in the same way donald trump thinks there's a n- fake news epidemic i think that people are taking really small details and twisting them into really big things how do you mean um so uh, just like the Betsy DeVos, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Um, people say that, and it doesn't, and they, aut- people automatically made that connection to free lunch programs, she's going to take them away. And they, like, made that quantum leap and then put it mm-hmm. out there. Um, and there is fake news because The Onion exists, and it is excellent. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a good time. Um, I know The Onion. <laughs> I think that, but to that, yeah. when it's not, like, fake news like that when they're like yeah this is completely fake i think it's twisted news would be a w- better way to say it yeah um yeah it's just taking tiny facts and sensationalizing them mm-hmm. um and sometimes i think that and when you put so much bias on something it kind of becomes no longer as valid um it's like trying to get all of your news from the blaze mm. um which i would say tommy laren but she no longer works there so yeah yeah um that's a whole wow. She's she's you, you a person because uh, she said that she had a right to choose what she did with her body, and they f- they fired her for that because she wasn't super pro life. Is that legal? Uh, I have no idea actually. I think, but she's an opinion reporter, so I can. I don't know. I think they're about to go bankrupt anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Really, the Blaze is not doing well financially. Wow, because it's ridiculous. That's too bad. <laughs> And I think most of the money that they got came from people watching yeah. Tommy's last thoughts. So yeah. I'm I'm wondering how long they're gonna last. Yeah. Which kind of makes me happy because the guy, the guy that started the blaze, um, was too radical for Fox News. I'm gonna unpack that one for a moment. Are we talking about uh, what's his name? I don't remember uh, what his name Glenn is. Glenn something. I think yeah. I never remember his name. I feel awful. But, uh, yeah, he got fired because he was too Glenn radical Beck. for, yeah, Glenn Fox Beck. News, and so he started his own. Mm. So, that's like, yeah. Do you watch Samantha B? I I do not. Oh, I've seen a couple of her things, though. She had Glenn Beck on. Uh, she, did an, she did a private interview with him, and he straight up said, I'm part of the reason why everybody's so ra- radicalized. Ra- radical? Radical. Yeah, he said that. He why are up, people he like up, this? He straight up admitted it. He was like... I am why everybody is so wound up because I would spout things. I was a catastrophist. It's my fault. But then he didn't really change. You right. Know? And so, for example, firing Tommy because she said she's not, because she said she's pro-choice. You know, I still can't. Remember. I still don't understand how that's even legal. But. <laughs> like you said, she's she's an opinion reporter, so maybe that's why. Yeah, and they, they might have been like they they can have dumb reasons. Yeah. To fire somebody or and say that's why, but or it's, it's really like in breach of contract why. or something. Yeah. yeah. She she's lost a lot of people. 
she lost her supporters for saying that. Mm-hmm. And she also riled up quite a bit of the left for saying that. Because they were like, uh, you just called a bunch of reproductive women, uh, reproductive activists, women activists who are for reproductive rights, you just called them a bunch of crying babies, and now you're saying that you are pro-choice? And so I think that's what riled them up about that, but... I mean, she also called millennials snowflakes, and she is 24! Yeah! (laughs) Uh, So much to say about about Tommy, but... a few contradictions, yes. uh, A few. A few here and there. But... I was I was shocked when when she said that I was like oh god what did she say this time and it was something reasonable, and I was like, oh, what is this? What is this? You mean you mean to tell me that Tommy, Lauren, and I agree on so- one thing? I mean I'm not. And the reason she says she's pro-choice is because she said I'm a constitutional quote unquote. Well, I don't know what that I don't know if that's a label people use. I guess it is, but you know. And she was like. I don't know why I, it doesn't make sense for me to say I don't want big government, but I'm trying to tell women what to do with their bodies and whether they have children or not. And that's not why I'm not. That's not why I'm pro-choice, but it makes sense to me. It's logical, yeah. So I was like, I just knew she was in there. I knew an intelligent person was in there. I did, and I was. And people were arguing with me, and they were like, "No, she." Or pe- you know, people on the left uh, who I'm friends with were like. I don't see how you can see that she's an intelligent person. And I was like, because she's scripted. Like, you can tell. Mm-hmm. You know? And But anyway, sorry, I got off on a tangent about Tommy <laughs> Lauren. I do that a lot. Uh, she's she's fascinating to me. She's, she's absolutely fascinating. It's but like, have you ever seen a real-life banshee? She's <laughs> on TV <laughs> screaming at us. Real-life banshee. It's just because all she does is scream. You're right. Well, <laughs> scream, name call, and, and you know... She she got what she wanted out of it, mm-hmm. and it worked for her for a while until she said something they didn't want to hear, and then she was literally fired. But <laughs> that's kind of funny. She was fired from the blaze. <laughs> Sounds kind of... All right, I'm making lame jokes now. But uh, anyway, back on track. Real versus fake news. You mentioned Countable, the application... Yes. Um, so it is an app that says every single bill that goes before Congress, um, every single one of them, and it is bipartisan, which is awesome. Um, and it says, uh, it has like, okay, so what is the bill kind of about? And then it has like in layman's terms, like a description of what it would do and like what it's kind of supporting. Oh, okay. um, and then it says, uh, most of them have a vote, like, why would you say yes to this and why would you say no to this? Um, so that's kind of nice. And then it has a feature where you can vote yay or nay for it and it will, uh, send your vote to your representative. Wow. Um, and so it's really, it's really great. It's, I think everybody should use it. I feel so much more informed, um, because there was a bill that just came up that said, uh, should they be able to use taxpayer money to pay for portraits of government officials? Um, those portraits cost, cost 20 to $40,000 a piece. Um, and that was a statistic that was cited in the bill, and I was like, this is something that people are asking about? Like, what? And, like, I know what's going on with the EPA right now, and, like, those kinds of things, and a bunch of different bills that are being introduced and voted upon, because I can look at the Countable app at the end of every day and say, okay, and then they'll tell you how your representatives voted. So, that's kind of nice, too. So, you can kind of see, like, where... Wow. How long has this app been up? 
That's a great question. I don't know. I learned about it from my good friend, uh, Megan Garcia, who went to the conference with me um, at oh, the Holocaust Megan. Museum. Yeah, and she's, she's really into um, informing people and having civil discourse and things like that. And yeah. she she was so excited. She talked to me about it for 20 minutes. And now I'm really excited. I'm going to talk to you about it for like 20 minutes. Good. No, it, <laughs> it's great. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I've never heard of such a thing. I'm so glad that, that they have that out there and that, mm-hmm. that, that you say it sends the, your answer to, like, the representative. Yeah, and you can, like, say your reason why you believe it, too. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's it's really, really It's a really great thing, and I like that it's bipartisan. I found that a lot more people who are on the left um, use it. You can tell because of the yays and nays uh-huh. of when it's kind of an issue that's very, very partisan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wish that more people would use it on both sides. And, um, I don't mean, there's more than one side of the political spectrum, so the whole sphere, um, just so that people would be informed and i think that that's just such a a big benefit yeah. to have something like this where you can see exactly like what they're what are what are your senators looking at yeah that's amazing um okay guys we are out of time goody for you uh i do i want to say before we go though that this has been an incredible conversation megan you are absolutely brilliant Thank I don't you. know. I don't know if I mentioned this, but Megan does write from time to time um, articles on the Odyssey. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Odyssey. Yeah. Um, uh, so everyone, please go to theodysseyonline.com. She is a beautiful writer. I've I've only read one of her articles, um, but I was hooked immediately. It's she's such a good writer. Very Thank you so very much. enjoyable read. Oh yeah, for sure. And and trust me, I don't. I don't even like saying that about other people. So there it is. Uh, Blessed. <laughs> uh, any last uh, comments or or questions, maybe Megan, or last remarks that, that you want to say before we sign out? Uh, no, I think just uh, guys, keep tuning in. There, you're gonna learn about a lot of different things. I looked at the list of topics that she had, and there's oh so many things, so many different things, and some of the people that signed up to talk about them. I'm really excited to hear. Yeah. So. Sure. Definitely continue tuning in, even if you hated every single thing I had to say. I'm not going to be on next week, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you can uh, hate somebody else. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, they might hate me. That's, they might, you know, well, maybe, maybe they want to hear from someone other than me. Don't hate Carson. Don't do that. Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> that's uh, fake news. That's <laughs> fake alternative. <laughs> alternative news is what that is. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, Megan. Thank you for throwing me a bone with this. Uh, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate what you have to say, and and I hope that you join me again sometime. I hope that I can have you and somebody who vehemently disagrees with you. I can think of a few people off the, t- off the top of my head yeah. who would love to argue with you <laughs> if you're up for that someday. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for, for joining me tonight. Thank you for listening to Megan. Uh, this is Coalition M signing out.